Well, we absolutely love Pastor Rod and Val. They have been amazing, amazing friends to us. And oftentimes in the ministry, it's hard to find good friends. And, uh, and so this is, it's been a really good connection. Uh, many of you know my cousin Dwayne. He's come here and, and spoke before. And so they made that connection for us. And I just want you to know, if you question whether or not your pastor is a praying pastor or not, um, just take him on the VelociCoaster at some point at Universal Studios, and you will see that he is a praying pastor. That's a good ride, I'm just going to say. Rod doesn't think it's a good ride, but yeah. <laughs> we had so much fun. It was, it was a blessing to hear about Convoy of Hope, and I'm sure uh, Rod and Val will share a little bit more about that in, in the days and weeks to come, but... Um, also to just get the blessing of being able to go and spend some time there. And we, and my wife and I just got to experience our very first hurricane. So, I mean, check that one off the list. That's, um, my son is shoveling six to eight inches of snow off my driveway. So he's happy that we're here. Um, so anyhow, it's a blessing to be here. So excited. Like, uh, like Pastor Rod said just a few moments ago, been here a few times as we've come to vacation and spend time and got to come and sit in on different services. And so it's a real honor for me to get to be up here and to share God's word. We're going to look in uh, Luke chapter 7, starting in verse 11. It says this, soon after Jesus went to a town called Nain and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. Let me just pray for a moment. God, we just thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Father, that you are so good and that you love us so much and that you have such great plans and dreams and desires for us. So Father, today as we spend some time looking at your word, I pray, Father God, that you'll illuminate it for us, that you'll show us what we need to see. We are so grateful, God, because no matter where we are in our faith journey today, God, you will speak directly to us if we'll open our hearts and open our ears to hear what you have for us. We can give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to look at this story for just a moment. Jesus and his disciples are traveling, and they arrive on the outskirts of this town called Nain. Now, Nain translated means beautiful. So, so as we look at this, and I did a little research, it's, it's kind of a, a very beautiful area that, that you would find. There's views, and it's just gorgeous. It's a great place to be. But as they arrive on this day, there isn't, there's something that isn't so beautiful. Verse 12 says this, As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And the large crowd from the town was with her. So here's a woman, as Jesus arrives, she's watching her only son being carried out of this town. It's a sad scene, uh, even more so than we might think, but I don't know how many of you have experienced this. You've, had, you've lost a child in your life, and I can't even imagine the pain of that. We've had friends that have walked through that, and that is extremely excruciating. It's not the way any of us think that it should be. Um, but this woman, not only has she lost her son, she's also a widow, and that changes things for her. Um, maybe you've experienced loss. Maybe it's the loss of a child or a spouse or a loved one, and it's been difficult for you. Well, here is a woman in a town called Beautiful, and there's nothing beautiful about what's taking place in her life. She watches as this shell of her son is being carried through the streets, um, and with that, she sees her legacy. She sees all these things beginning to change. She knows that today there's all these people that are walking beside her and they are mourning with her. And actually back in that day, you would even hire people to mourn with you. 
You, you would have people that you, would, that you would give money. If they weren't already mourning, you would give them, you'd give them some sort of payment to be able to make the processional even bigger as people would mourn and walk through the streets. And so here she is, and that day it seems like everything in this town is about the death of her son, but she knows full well that tomorrow everyone will go back to business as usual, and her life has completely changed. As a widow with no son now, her legacy has, is being carried out and buried. Hope was, uh, hope was about to leave town for this woman. And so Jesus arrives on the scene. They are leaving a place called Beautiful, and Jesus shows up to this place that's known as Beautiful. Um, make no mistake that the enemy is going to do whatever he can to try and rob you of opportunity, to try and rob you of the good things that God has for you. God has Beautiful for you. God has a good life for you. God has incredible things and plans and dreams and desires for you. And the enemy will do everything that he can to rob you of that. John 10, 10, the first part says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I mean, no, that's the enemy that, that is against us. He wants to rob you of things. He wants to take things away from you. He wants to take away all the good that God has for you. He wants to destroy your name. He wants to steal your heritage. He wants to destroy your legacy. He wants to steal your hope. He wants to cut off spiritual fruitfulness in your life. He wants to cut off your influence. And this widow is watching her chance of a normal life, a fruitful life, being carried right out the door. She's weeping because this is the end of her name. This is the end of her legacy. And maybe for you today, you sit in this room and compromise uh, has, has uh, become something that has overcome you like a cancer. You find yourself spiritually dead because you continue to give into the pleasure or perversion that this world has to offer. And I'm here to tell you right now that the enemy wants that for you. He wants you to, to be carried out of the place called beautiful that God has for you. He wants to rob you of it. He wants to destroy you. He wants to take away. That's what he's good at. Maybe you have surrendered uh, your godly dreams for worldly ones. Maybe, you, maybe God's laid things on your heart in the past, and maybe you sit in a, in a season of your life where you feel like that would have been great if, if I had done that, but, but now I'm in a different place in my life. And can I tell you that when God lays a dream in our, in our heart, there is a season that he definitely wants us to walk into that. But if you miss that season, God is so faithful and so good that he can, he can meet you right where you are. I believe with all my heart that for many of us, we miss out on God dreams. And because it was maybe when we were younger, we felt like, oh, God told me I should teach a class or God told me I should get involved in ministry or God told me that I should go on a missions trip or whatever that was. And now you find yourself in a place where you believe, well, I don't know that that's for me anymore. But can I tell you, do, do me a favor. This is a little test that we like to do at our church. Would you just hold your hand in front of your face just like this? Okay, would you blow out? Did air hit your hand? Okay, then you are good. You can still do your God dreams. And if not, then let somebody around you know. Okay? God has dreams for you. And maybe you're here and maybe you're in your retirement years and you're like, well, that, that would have been great long ago. But can I tell you that God is so good that he'll meet you right where you are and he still has beautiful for you. If you're in this room, if you're hearing the sound of my voice, if you're breathing in and out, then you can still do what God has asked you to do. For many of us, we've gotten sidetracked because we've begun to chase after things that the world says are important. 
So for many of us, we get to a place where, and, and we'll use this excuse, we'll say, we'll say, well, once I establish my business, then I will. Once I get my kids through college, then I will. Once I get my retirement in order, then I will. How many of you know that the enemy is totally fine with not now? You don't have to tell God no. You just keep saying not now and the enemy will leave you alone. Maybe you have went from being independent and hardworking to finding yourself in a season where you are lazy and you lack self-discipline. Can I tell you that will rob you of beautiful as well? Luke chapter 7, verse 13, as we continue the story, when the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Don't cry, he said. Then he walked over to the coffin and touched it, and the bearers stopped. Young man, he said, I tell you, get up. Then the dead body sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. First of all, I love this story because it, so many of the stories that we see Jesus as he walks into places that often will say his heart was filled with compassion. Jesus was busy. Jesus had a lot going on, but he never was too busy to be compassionate. I think that's super important for the church to hear today because for many of us, we get so busy that we lack compassion. We get so busy with our own stuff that we, and I love, can I be honest with you, is, uh, the day after the storm hit, um, we got to ride with Val and spend a little bit of time with Rod as well on that day, and I was listening as they were calling to check on people whose houses might have been affected by the storm. I mean, you know, when, when you attend a, ch a normal church, a regular church, a lot of churches that you could attend if you were to, to, to go find one up the street, there's a lot of churches that they're like, hey, we do the very best that we can for Sunday morning. We, we, we you know, we have good worship. We got good preaching. And then during the week, you just kind of do your own thing. But to have pastors that would pick up the phone and go through, and it was a decent list. There's a lot of you that your homes were, were potentially in, in jeopardy. And they're just calling and checking in to see how everything's going. And then if there was a problem, they're starting to, to, to mobilize the people that, that would be needed to go and help that. I mean, you know, Jesus walked into town and he could have said, no, 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 I, I've already done, I, I'm busy. I got a lot going on. But throughout scripture, we see that Jesus's heart was full of compassion. And, uh, and so as, as he's compassionate, he walks over to the coffin and, uh, and, can I tell you the coffin was open, first of all, just so you understand culture a little bit. The, the, the coffin in this story was open, and uh, that's good news because you might be in a coffin, dead way before your time, a coffin of compromise, a coffin of complacency, a coffin of selfishness, but there's hope for you because the coffin's open today. The verse said he touched the coffin, but the original text actually meant more than a touch. It wasn't like some gentle little touch. I believe that Jesus came up and slapped the coffin. I believe he came up and gave it a hit. Power, authority. What that reminded me of when I was, when I was thinking about that is, if you've ever seen, uh, hopefully you've not seen it in person, but if you've ever seen like the doctor shows where, where somebody's heart stops and they rub those paddles together and then they clear. I think Jesus did the very first clear ever. I think he came up, and though he didn't yell clear, I believe he, I don't think it was just a cute little like, hey, get up if you want to. <laughs> I think he walked up and said, get up. 
This isn't a meek moment, actually. We visualize it as meek. Oftentimes, we visualize Jesus as almost weak. Jesus was not weak. And I think in this moment, he, he walked up into this powerful moment. And many of you have come here today, and you need more than a meek touch. You've heard cute sermons before. You have had emotional experience before. And Jesus is ready to jumpstart your life again. That's what he wants to do. But can I tell you, when Jesus steps in and he jumpstarts your life, it can be painful. That gasp of life that comes back. If you ever see that where somebody, they do the clear and the... Doesn't seem like it's a fun experience in the moment, right? But it's necessary. Getting all that electricity shot into your body is not... Like they yell clear for a reason, right? Because if you don't need it, you don't want it. If you're, you don't want to be standing there going, hey, let's play a game. Everybody touch him. Let's do it, right? It'll hurt. For some of you, you've avoided the pain of allowing Jesus into those hard places. But because of that, you're dead and you're being carried out of beautiful. Some of you came and were hoping today for a little spiritual back rub. Jesus didn't rub the, the, the young man's back. Wakey, wakey. Get up. And some of you need that today. Some of you sit in the room today and maybe you, you sit here and you go, you know what? I look around the room and I, I'm doing pretty good. I, I, I'm, I look around and I know that that person's got that struggle and I know their, their marriage is struggling up there and they're having a hard time there and I know that guy's problem and I know mine isn't near as bad as that guy's problem. And we look around and we compare ourselves so we feel pretty good about where we are. But can I tell you, dead is dead. So it doesn't matter how, how decayed that body is because the body that we're comparing ourselves to is Jesus and we all fall short in that one. But God wants great things for you. He has good things for you. The verse that we started with earlier, John 10, 10, says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Can I tell you that many of us as believers, we settle for less than fullness of life. We settle for just okay. We settle for I'm fine. How many of you know the I'm fine thing? It's kind of a joke at my house. My mom is the one that started it. If you ever ask my mom how she's doing and she says she's fine, she's not fine. If you ever ask, if we go out to dinner and I said, hey, how was your, how was your lunch? And my, and my mom says, uh, oh, it was fine. That means she did not like it at all. <laughs> Many of us settle for fine in our life, but that's not what scripture says. Scripture says, I have fullness of life for you. So Jesus physically stops this processional. He interrupts what's normal. And some of you need to be interrupted today. No more business as usual. Some of you sit here today and you have been, maybe you're even highly involved in church. You are a leadership or whatever, but you find yourself sitting here today and you have allowed yourself to come to a place where you are settling for compromise. And can I tell you, compromise is the enemy's biggest tool to get you to fall prey to less than. 
Oftentimes we feel like, oh, well, all this stuff seems really fun and exciting and I want to be a part of it. And so I'm going to keep my foot in the church, but I also am going to dabble around in some of, some of this other stuff over here. And we feel like then we're getting the best of both worlds, but actually we're getting neither. We actually rob ourselves of beautiful. Many of you in this room are being carried from your rightful place. You're being removed from beautiful and you are on, you are on a course for, uh, for burial and destruction. But Jesus is here to jumpstart. He wants to bring life. He isn't passively sitting on the side today. He is, he is in your face. He has moved into the processional. He is, he is stopping those from moving forward. The things that are carrying you out, the things that, that have a hold on you, he wants to step in and stop them. That's the first thing that he did when he, when he walked up and he saw what was going on. He stopped the processional. He stopped those who were carrying him out. He said, wait here. And that's what Jesus is saying this morning. He's saying, wait right where you are. These things that have been carrying you, some of you sit in the room today and you've had an addiction for years and you've been pretty good about even hiding it. And I'm telling you today that, that, God is, that Jesus is stepping into that processional and he's saying this thing that you've allowed to carry you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna step into your story and I'm gonna yell clear and I'm gonna get you out of this coffin. Your life hangs in the balance. Your legacy is up for grabs. Your children watch as you make one bad selfish choice after another, and your legacy dies with you. Pastor Rod made mention of my dad who passed away just, uh, just under two months ago. My dad was a pastor for, for many years. He, he planted churches all over the world. He did all kinds of things. And, and I'm super blessed because my children are now, one's in Bible school, one is my youth pastor at my church, and um, we've got good boys, but one of the things that I'll hear a lot is, oh, you're so lucky. You're so lucky that, that you, you know, you, your dad was who he was, or you're so lucky that your kids are who they are. And can I tell you, luck has nothing to do with legacy. Luck has nothing to do with legacy. It's hard work, legacy. Legacy means making the hard choices when no one else will. Legacy means saying no to your children when they need to be said no to. Oh, yeah. we've, got, we've got a generation right now that feels like friendship with our kids is the important thing. It's not. Can I tell you, my kids did not want to be my friends for a long time. As adults, they, they, they hang around us. They like us. And can I tell you that even some of the hard decisions that we made, some of the things that we said no to, that all their friends were saying, but all my friends. How many of you heard that before? Oh, yeah. uh, we would always just go, well, go live with them. If that, if that parent is, is better than us, by all means. They never took us up on that. Um, <laughs> But we've gotten to this place where we feel like, like legacy is lucky. It's not lucky. It's hard work. And for some of you dads in the room, can I just challenge you? Work on your legacy. Make that more important than your golf swing. Work on your legacy. Make that more important than your hobby. Make that more important than your job. Make that more important than anything because it is the thing that will outlast you. And if you walk away and you're, and some of you sit in this room and I know that, I know that there, are, there are parents in the room who your children have walked away from God. And I'm telling you right now, it's not too late. Do the breath test again. If you're breathing in and out, then pray. 
believe. Watch what God does. I've seen some of the hardest cases. I've seen some of the people who's, who, uh, one of my other cousins who, who um, was, when I was a young, when I was probably 14 years old, he was maybe 19 years old, and he was not only doing drugs, he was dealing drugs, he was doing all kinds of stuff, and his mom uh, up in Canada said, we, I don't know what to do with him, I'm sending him to you, so he sent him to, to my house with my dad. And my dad, you know, did what he could, but he, was, he found friends, immediately started doing drugs. And my dad said, well, no matter what, we're going to church. So you're coming to church whether you like it or not. And I remember for weeks, my cousin would sit in the back row of this church and he would, he would have his arms crossed and his feet laying out and he would just sit there upset. But can I tell you, after a couple of weeks of coming to church, something, the Holy Spirit spoke to my cousin. He stood up in the back of the room and he walked forward to an altar and he accepted Jesus Christ. And that cousin of mine is a pastor today. So I'm telling you right now that legacy matters. And I, I just want to challenge you, wherever you are in your, in your parenting or in your faith journey, your legacy is the thing that will outlast you. This woman thought her legacy was gone, but aren't you so glad that G Jesus interrupts? Jesus steps in where there seems to be death, where there seems to be no hope, where it seems to be lifeless. All of a sudden, Jesus steps in. He looks out with compassion, and he says, stop. And he says, don't leave beautiful. Don't leave Nain. There's no reason for you to leave. There's no reason for you to get carried out of the place that you're meant to be. And for many of us, we just keep allowing ourselves to be carried to places that God never intended us to be. My question to you this morning is, what are you going to do with him today? Can I just tell you, God isn't mad at you? Jesus grabbed the coffin, but not out of anger, out of grace. His grace steps in in a way that is oftentimes, it's not just this cute little thing that we can, he steps in boldly. Can I tell you that the boy didn't earn it? He was dead. The boy didn't have to do it. There was no steps that he had to go through. It's not like Jesus walked up and said, well, if he'll do A, B, C, and D, then I'll, I'll heal him. He's dead. He's gone. But grace steps in. You don't deserve God's grace. I don't deserve God's grace. This boy didn't earn it. He was dead. But Jesus stopped the processional, and he laid out on the coffin, and he yelled what we'll say is clear. He said, get up. Get up. Can I tell you that he wants to clear you today? He wants to bring life back to you today. Some of you, you've been, maybe you've been in the church for a long time. You've, had your, you've accepted Jesus years and years ago, but in all honesty, it's become a routine to you, and it's not something that you actually you feel somewhat dead inside. Even as you watch, and what a powerful time of worship that was this morning. I really appreciated just... just uh, the, way, the, the passion of your worship leader, Fred, that was my, the first time I got to hear him. That was really good. Give him a round of applause. But maybe you come in and you see people and they've got their hands in the air and they're worshiping and they're excited and you don't feel it. Can I tell you, Jesus wants to interrupt your story today. He wants to bring you back to a place of first love. He wants, you, he wants to bring you back to a place where you understand and you experience him in that way again. He wants to clear you today. He wants to clear you of sin. He wants to clear you of compromise. He wants to clear you of spiritual death. In just a few moments, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna ask for the prayer teams to come. And I know this is a little bit shorter of a message, but I, I wanna take some time 
and, and, and really allow you some space to, uh, to just see what God wants to do inside of your life. And so in just a few moments, we'll have the worship team can start getting ready if they want to come back up. But I, I'm going to ask everybody in this moment, though, if you'll just close your eyes with me for a few moments. Because I really feel like there may be some in this room today that if you were honest, you'd say, you know, Jason, I don't really have a, uh, a right relationship with God right now. Maybe you've even been in the church for a while, but you, if you were honest right now, you'd say, I, I've been kind of going through the motions. I haven't really surrendered. I haven't really made the decision to follow Jesus. And this morning, you have the opportunity to make that right. You have the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. And, and, and I hope this is okay with, with Pastor Rod, but I just want to make one thing clear that many, maybe if you're here and it's your first time or, or you've been coming for a little bit, but you've not ever made this decision, we get locked into this idea of religion. And that's not what this is about. Jesus came not for religion, he came for relationship. Jesus came because he wants you. He wants your heart. He doesn't want your rituals. He wants your relationship. And for some of you, you may be sitting here today and you struggle because you're like, I, I don't even know what that looks like. I, I've got a lot of things in my life. I'm a mess. I've, I've messed up. I've made mistakes. I've, I've done so much stupid. And we talk at my church all the time about how much stupid that we do because we do. It's our flesh. But Jesus came that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. He has life for you. And the only thing that you have to do to start that journey is to say yes to him. And by saying yes, what you're saying is, I believe that you are who you say that you are. I believe that you are the son of God, that you came and you died on the cross for my sins. That on the third day you rose again and you ascended into heaven. And with that, you took the power of the enemy away. And now I can have forgiveness and grace. And the amazing thing about that is, is when we say yes to that, God takes our sin and he removes it from us. He forgives us. As far as the east is from the west is how far he removes your sins from you. That's an incredible miracle. So with everybody having your head bowed and your eyes closed for just a moment, I'm going to ask, is there anybody in the room who this morning would just say, Jason, would you just remember me in this closing prayer? I'm not going to make you come forward. I just want to pray with you right where you are. But is there anybody like that at all that would just put your hand in the air and catch my eye? Because I want to pray with you before we leave. Okay. Yep. Okay. Thanks, man. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Thanks, bud. Yeah. Thank you, man. Is there anyone else this morning? Thank you way back there. I appreciate that. Proud of you. Good job. Yeah. Thanks, bud. One more moment. Is there anybody else? This is an incredible moment. Heaven says that when one comes back home, the angels rejoice. They throw a party. So here's what we're going to do this morning. I'm going to ask everybody in the room, whether you raised your hand or you didn't, I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer with me. If you raised your hand and you, and you mean what you're saying, that's, that's the power of it. It's not even the words that I'm going to say. Because you can pray this in multiple different ways. It doesn't, it's, it's not a routine. But I'm just going to help guide you a little bit. And as you believe what you're saying, then this moment comes where Jesus 
forgives you of your sin. And you become children of God. That's amazing. So I'm asking everybody, whether you raise your hand or you're not, will you just repeat this prayer with me? Dear Jesus, I thank you for your grace. I thank you that you are so merciful. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Thank you for overcoming death in the grave. Forgive me of my sin. Help me to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. You prayed that prayer and you meant it. You just started what we like to call the journey with Jesus Christ. You're a follower. Does it mean you're perfect? Trust me, no. But it does mean that you're placing your gaze in the right direction. You're following Jesus. So powerful. I'd love it if, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, whether you raised your hand or you didn't, I'd love it if you would find Pastor Rod or Val or myself or one of the other leaders that have a tag. And even if it's just a quick, hey, I just want you to know I prayed that prayer today. It's important for us to know and there's something about a confessing it with your mouth. It kind of makes the devil mad. And I don't know about you, but I kind of like making the devil mad. We're gonna close and I, I understand that you guys have maybe some people that can pray. Because um, I really feel like today there are some of you that sit in the house and maybe you're in a place where whether it's compromise, whether it's just you've kind of taken your eye off the ball, whatever, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be some big thing. Sometimes when we, when we do a prayer time at the end, we feel like, oh, if I go up there, people are gonna think I'm you know, steeped in addiction and sin and whatever. First of all, anybody that's thinking any of that stuff when you come up here, they should be up here with you probably. Right, But I just think there's something powerful about this can be a moment where we allow Jesus to say, get up, get up. And it's not, he's not angry. It's out of his love for you because he sees, he sees what should be being carried out. He sees, he sees what should be alive is now dead and being carried. And he wants to step into that because he's, He's like, no, 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 I have, I have for you. I have dreams for you. I have plans for you. I have desires, and so I need to step in because I'm ready to say, get up. And I think for some of you, this can be a moment in your faith journey where he shakes you to wake you, and all of a sudden you realize, I don't want to be asleep at the wheel. I don't want to do this halfway anymore. I mean, you know, our world is crazy right now. And the church needs to wake up. We need to wake up. So I'm gonna ask the prayer teams to come. I'm gonna ask Pastor Fred if he wouldn't mind just leading us in some worship. And will you just take some time and before we go on and, and do the lunch and all the things that you're gonna do, will you just say, God, what is it that you have for me today? That's what I want. God, I thank you for this amazing church family. I pray, God, that you will bless them. I pray that you'll use them. And I pray, God, in these last few moments, as we just spend some time in prayer and in reflection, that, God, you'll show us who you need us to be. God, help us to step into that. God, I thank you so much for all of those who raised their hand today. God, I just pray a blessing over them right now as well. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Will you stand as we sing? And there will be prayer teams down here.
God has anointed His Word today actually to shift us. And I really feel as we sing it one more time, this, please, please come up. Men, get up here. God wants to shift us for legacy's sake, for future.